0: In Exodus chapter number 20, not a suggestion, but a direct commandment from God himself. And here's what he said. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. What a great promise there is in that. When we honor our father and mother, God promises us long life. So, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I thank you for revelation by the Holy Spirit. Open this truth. May we see parts of it that are more than just words on a paper, but actual truth to our hearts. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Today is a day that is set aside to celebrate motherhood. I think they tell us that more cards are given on this holiday than any other of the year. It's to be a day of celebration and honor. It is to be a day of refreshing. A friend of ours who spoke here about a year ago uh, just put on a little post on Vine, and he said, uh, Happy Mother's Day. Take a break from all your hard work. Let somebody else do it. (laughs) <laughs> Dan Bongino, that was good. It's to be a day when sons and daughters rise up and honor and call their mothers blessed. It should be a day that reminds us that there are 364 more days of honor that should be given to mothers, not just one day a year. Long life is given to those who honor, the scripture says. So the word doesn't ask you what you think about her. The Word does not ask you what your opinion is of your mother. It just says, honor her, that you would live a long life. And honor is becoming less of a virtue in our culture today, is it not? It's to our detriment when we fail to honor. Honor the one who gave you life. I'm inspired today to say a few things about this passage and share some things the Lord's laid on my heart. In a day of larger churches, yet in America, so many people going to church that are empty even though their bodies have made it into the building. How many drive a nice car, have clothes, a home, and stuff, and yet are still empty? They go in empty, they come out pretty empty in pain. And in this generation we have somehow lost the respect and honor of our mothers. And there's a relationship between how we grow and how we don't grow spiritually, because Listen to me. I want us to look at the, the flip side of honoring our mothers. We have women with the title of mother but not knowing what that means because themselves they are still children. It has little to do with the chronological age. You know, well, I'm 21. Well, whoop. How old are you spiritually? It has everything to do with values-based maturation, growing into womanhood, accepting responsibility. God ordained for you to walk in. A biblical man of God, a biblical woman of God. That's what God is looking for in us. Not just to help us escape the torments of hell, just to make it through to get to heaven. No, more than that, to develop the character of our Heavenly Father. And with this principle being out of balance, because even among Christians, there are those, they just want to escape hell. They don't really want to live any differently than they lived before Christ. They just want to keep living their own way. Among some groups, the majority of births, listen, out of wedlock. And spiritual leadership needs to address that topic and needs to confront that topic. And in some groups, the majority of of out-of-wedlock births, not teen births. They're out-of-wedlock births between the ages of 20 and 29. So the migration of this behavior continues on beyond what you might call just teen years, where maybe they really aren't thinking the way they should. So we have fractured families because we've not taken the time to be trained or nurtured by a true biblical mother. What it is to be a woman, what it is to be a man. So then two unidentified humanoids join together. And sometimes even in the covenant of marriage, they're joined, sometimes out of simple convenience. And their attitude is, as long as it's working, we'll stay together, to the point we've become so confused that men are thinking in our culture that they can be women. They can be moms. And women are thinking that they can be fathers. Really? Even the church has started to embrace same-sex traditions and marriage. Is that really what the Scripture teaches Confused because of a loss of identity, not understanding the wonderful gift that God has given a woman, the ability to conceive and take in a godly seed and bring it forth and reproduce God's divine plan. Do you know how I got here? Do you know how you got here? I'm not a hologram. I didn't fall out of the sky. I was not produced on a 3D printer. When God got ready to release me, he had to have the cooperation of a woman. For the only door to entry out of eternity into time is through the womb of a woman. And some man ought to say, I'm thankful that God allowed me to be manifested. And for some who are angry with your mom because she didn't do this or she didn't do that, you know, sing the song that's so popular among children today, let it go, let it go, okay? I'm reminded of a story. A man in Las Vegas had to make a pit stop, but he had to pay to get into the restroom. He gets into the restroom and finds his consternation. He also has to pay to use the facility. So another man lent him a coin, and he enters into the, he's about to enter into the facility. Somebody comes out and opens the door, and he says, oh, I'll hold it open, go ahead. And when he came back out, Somebody asked him now, who are you more thankful to? The one who lent you the coin or the one who left the door open? And he answered, the one who opened the door. Because if someone can open the door of opportunity, that's all you need. And if your mama didn't do anything else for you but bring you into time, you need to turn around and look at her and say, thank you. Because God in my life will get me up. I just needed someone to bring me into time. And it was because of a mother God's gift to the human race. And you say, Mom, I want to honor you for allowing me to be born. What a blessing you have been to me. Now watch this. The greatest gift women possess. And I'm so thankful I am a man. Thank you, Lord. God constructed women so that they are regularly ready to bring forth life. Do you know how powerful you are? Anyone who has done anything on earth came through you. Adam called her Eve, mother of all living. And anytime there was a problem, it had to be answered through mom. So when you become pregnant, you aren't just having a baby. God is about to reproduce his image through you. A new life growing in you, kicking in you, causing you sleepless nights. You couldn't imagine what you used to think you were before you became pregnant. Because now it's all about the baby. The baby arrives. Everything gets interrupted in the house until the family routine is reestablished once again. I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like to have a life growing in you for nine months. Think about that. I have problems when I eat something that distresses me or disagrees with me. But God placed in the mother the ability to bring forth life and to speak into that life destiny say destiny. Destiny. So for a minute, Calvary Christian Center, leave the men alone. Everyone's angry with Adam because he was silent in the garden while temptation was happening. But what about Eve? Because mamas have been too quiet when God has given mom the ability to speak destiny into their children, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is that hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The culture around us is in a hurry just to acquire stuff. There are so many people overwhelmed with stuff, but they're miserable. So many with houses and cars and stuff, and they're hurt, and they're in pain. Because that's not the inheritance God is speaking about in this passage. God's speaking about the revelation of who you are in him. That you would know who you are in Christ. The depth of that. The breadth of that. That you would be enlightened to know what you have in Christ. That means if I lose a car, if I don't get a car, if I don't get Nikes to wear, those things don't determine who I am and where I'm going and what I'm doing. And if I don't have this and I don't have that, it doesn't mean I'm a nobody. Because the first thing I have to fix is what's inside of me. Because if we can figure out who we are and what we're called to and what we're called to do, therefore, we move in the blessing of our Heavenly Father. That's why this is recorded. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in all these things shall be added to you. Because if you seek stuff first, stuff will kill you. But if you seek him first, then whatever the stuff and the blessings arrive, you will not act like a natural fool. But you will have the peace of God to walk with stuff and manage it and steward it well. Jesus said, but if you don't have me, stuff is a curse. You can have the best of creature features But if you don't have peace within your heart, when you're all by yourself and you don't know who you are, who am I? What in the world did God put me on earth for? When trouble comes, you start to fall apart It's because no one has spoken into you and awakened the destiny of God that he planned for your future. However, you can be in one room apartment. You can be sleeping on the floor, one change of clothes. Nothing but a pair of sandals, but if you know who you are, you will sleep well because you know this is not my permanent state. I'm just here temporarily. God has promised something in my life. This does not define me. Tell someone, if I hadn't been mothered, tell them if I hadn't been mothered, I would still be a child. And you ought to be able to say, I know you see me. You know, everybody sees somebody. But it might be a front just to cover up your insecurities. Because you will still act out like you did when you were a little kid. Now watch what I mean by that. If you've noticed, as I have, and I'm speaking to grown people primarily here, when you don't get what you want to, you display the same tantrum you had when you were a child. (laughs) Just in a big adult body now. You take your toys. <laughs> I have anything to do with this. Same spirit, because you have not matured. You give your spouse the silent treatment, because that was your reaction when you couldn't get what you wanted. And you're still doing it now as an adult. Paul described it when you don't know who you are, you don't know how to love. See, I didn't have the option when I was being raised in church as to where I was going to sit. Didn't have that option. You have that option today. Isn't that cool? Do you want to know what reality kids was when I was a kid? Right next to my mama. That was my reality kids. I learned obedience in the home and we practiced it in church right next to mama. If the pastor was preaching and I began to stir a little ruckus, I got pinched. Okay? I learned how to look good in the presence of mama when I sat in the pew, just like my kids did on the front row when they were growing up right next to their mama. If I had a sleepy bug in the corner of my eye, out came her hanky, and my face got washed right there in the pew. Tell your neighbor, that is love. (laughs) But if I hadn't gotten that nurturing at her knee, listen to me, oh Lord knows. And Paul describes love, agape, In 1 Corinthians 13, and here's what it looks like. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Then there's this but here. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And who told me I was a man? That I was a man of God, my mom. But when I became a man, some never got past the but in Holy Scripture, because you're waiting on mama's voice to speak into you. I'm thankful for a wife and mother of my children who spoke God's destiny into them. In Genesis 2, when Adam saw Eve, he said, I will call her woman, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And hear this in Genesis 2, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. So the qualifications, I'm speaking to men and women, to be trusted to be a father and a mother, qualifications, first, they are to be joined in the covenant of marriage. God specifies that. Anything outside of the covenant of marriage is against the will of God because the reason God brings together a man and a woman to reproduce his image to create a spiritually DNA-factored family. And secondly, when you come together and you produce, the other reason you marry, you are strong enough, you are mature enough, you know about, enough about yourself to take a wife. And a wife, you're able to stand with your husband. And you're able together to make good stuff happen in this world, honoring always your parents but having the maturity and the ability to create a new family and a new household. So all of you who are single in the house today, and this is not to embarrass anybody, but if you're single and you're in the room, lift your hand, all singles. Let's get your hand in the air, okay? Thank you. Here's a word of advice. Don't marry someone with potential. Okay, I'll say it again, just in case you're asleep. Don't marry someone with potential. Amen. Because there are many married people who wish they had listened to me when I told them that before they got married. Because people will come to a pastor, and they're going to say, "I'm going to get married. Who are you going to marry? Him? Where does he work? He's looking." But ain't he fine? If he's that fine, he can find a job before he gets married. And people get all off course because they are driven by emotion instead of Scripture. Children are given to us to create sons and daughters of his kingdom. That's why the word says this. Train up a child in the way he should go. Say train. Train. You understand what that word means? Train. Teach it. Live it. Bring correction. Encouragement. Make sure that they stay on the path that God's designed for them. Train. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Which means when you have children living in your home. They're either newborns or they're toddlers and they're growing into school and they start in, at, at the early grades and they get into middle school and on into high school. Listen, your children do not have an option. Hear what I'm telling you. If you're born again, he or she is going to be born again. In each generation, a new generation of Christians. That's God's plan. We keep producing for the kingdom. And if they say, well, we're not born again, look at them and say, fake it until you make it. But you're going to act born again, you're going to talk born again, and you are going to walk born again in this house. You do not have an option. We're not here to look at Islam. We're not here to look at Buddhism. You are a Christian Because we are parents who put God first in our lives. This is how Christ's followers walk. This is how Christ's followers talk. Like Joshua, you declare over your house, as for me and my house, we, plural, will serve the Lord. Hmm, That's a biblical father. So tell your neighbor, under your roof, your children have no option. (laughs) No, they don't. Oh, wait, there is one. It's a four-letter word. Door. <laughs> okay. And God says, the reason I'm allowing you the trust of my creation, and that's what it is. See, it's, these are His. He created them. He made them. And He's allowing you the trust of His creation in children so that you train them to look like him, to act like him, to walk like him. So when anybody sees them, they see him. So if they need help, the word says, and they do, train. Where did timeout come from? Does anybody know where that came from? Will somebody tell me where the idea for timeout came from? I don't know where yeah. that came from, Pamela. No. Wow. Wow. And why didn't they have that when I was a kid? I mean, time out, you know. There was no time out when I was a kid. I had switch every way. I had, go get your switch. And if your switch isn't big enough, don't let me go get the switch because I'll bring back a branch. Okay. Sometimes you have to drive devils out. Why? Every child, listen to me, every child is born in sin. And what does that mean? He or she has come into life out of eternity into time with a sinful nature. The father of their fleshly nature is the father of lies. And until there's training, if there is no training, (laughs) they're going to go right down that path. So caution. Hear what I'm saying to you, especially those of you that are newer in the faith and your children are already 15, 16, 17 years old. Don't go home with your 16-year-old today and think, today I'm going to spank you. No. No, no, no. You better rebuke that thought because you've already allowed them to get grown up without train. (laughs) But you still have power and you still have authority through your example, through your teaching, and through your prayers. So I'm dealing with this because I'm dealing with so much dysfunction and pain in families. And all too many children in our community are being raised by single females. It wasn't designed by God to be like this, but listen, we've become so crazy in our culture, inundated with no sexual barriers, pot smoking, gang banging. We've become a hopeless culture. We're failing miserably. Now, for the sake of our guests today, if you want to hear Pastor preach, I've got some great CDs from other services out there in the lobby. You can get one of those for the guests that are here today. But single moms, all by yourself, raising children. At some point, there were two. Now there's one. It might be because of a divorce. But let me mess with you for a minute, Mama. I know you're mad at him, but don't keep him away from your children. Some have used their kids to get back at their spouse because you're angry. That's not God's will. If he's not abusing your children... If it's just because you're angry with him, mm -mm, no, no, don't do that. Now watch. The first thing we need to do is reverse the curse. We've got to stop what the enemy has started. Men and women have to speak into the next generation to talk to them about the will of God for their lives and the lifestyle of believers, because the scripture teaches there is a lifestyle for followers of Jesus. It's not just I got my ticket punched so I don't go to hell and now I can go to heaven and still live any way I want. No, there's a lifestyle for believers were to teach our children that sexual relationships are inappropriate for you unless you're in a marriage covenant relationship. And one of the reasons you are married to bring forth a godly seed and a lineage and not just bring it forth, but train them up. If you're going to have them, you have to raise them, which means it's work because you now have to train them. They don't come trained. And please understand, comprehend, Timothy was the spiritual son of Paul in the New Testament. His mother and his grandmother were born again followers of Jesus. Timothy's grandmother taught his mother from the Old Testament Scriptures. In fact, it says you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Now, Timothy's father was Greek. He was not a believer in Jesus. Say, but. And here's the hope. Because you are, Mom, God's gift. But because of Grandma, whose name is Lois. Lois means one who agrees with God, in agreement with God. And Eunice's mother, whose name meant victory, because Grandma agreed with God, it gave victory to Mama with her son that brought him into relationship with God to Jesus Christ the Son. And watch. There are some of you who are married, but your husbands have very little to do With your children and how they're raised. And it's such a burden for you to raise them up and train them by yourself. But God said, I have given you the ability through your faith to call your child into the kingdom. And for every mother whose child has already grown and developed, listen to me. And you can testify that your association here at Calvary Christian Center has blessed you with the word, the power of the Holy Spirit, godly support all around you. You're bringing your children to God's house You've exposed them to the things of the Lord. You've set a standard on the Lord's day. We will be in the house of the Lord. We will honor God first on his day as he instructed. We will not worship at the cathedral of sports on the Lord's day or bring any other substitute and put it on the throne on the Lord's day. I played three sports in high school. I played one in college. We were always in church on the Lord's Day. Now, that's a busy schedule for a kid in high school. Three sports, basketball, baseball, football, all three, I was in church on Sunday. No substitutions, and there was no negotiation. I was in church on the Lord's Day. Mama, you and your children will learn more in months in God's presence than in years without God's presence. And Grandma, Mama, if you had known then what you know now, wow, your children would be walking as God had ordained. And God's saying, but you do know now, and you have the ability through your prayers and through your speaking to call your children into the kingdom. So, Mama, I don't know what it's like to be you. Because I could come home from a day at the office, and Mama had them all taken care of. If they got on my nerves, I could always find a way to escape. <laughs> I was always the good guy. You know what I'm saying? I'd come well, once in a while. I played bad cop. But I'd come home. You know, I'd have a little something for my wife, and I'd bring some something to play with for the kids, and I interacted all the time. I went to every event that they had scheduled in, in, in school, whether it was sports or cheerleading or whatever, but... I don't know what it's like to be a mama. I don't. Donna would look after the details in the lives of my children that never were on my radar. She paid attention to the details. My children would have been messed up if it had just been me. When mama would be making certain of their homework being done, their rooms clean, their clothes, proper attire for the classroom, I mean, they would look at me once in a while as if to say... Can you get me some relief? No, none. I'm standing with her. My mama was attentive to my development. My children's mama was attentive to their development. That's godly lineage. That's godly heritage. When I call to remembrance, and now I look at this passage a little differently. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmothers, Rose and Betty, and now your mother... Donna, I am persuaded is in you also. So moms, you don't get thanked much. You are not appreciated enough. Often you're tired of being the bad cop all day. And you need daddy to come home and be the bad cop once in a while. Dad isn't always as engaged when mom is fighting with them to get up and get ready for school. Or fighting her when she tells them to go clean their rooms. Or fighting her when she tells them they need to go study. You know, and dad waltzes in after the end of the day, and you mean all of that's going on here today? (laughs) Mom, we are who we are because you get up and you keep fighting every single day for your family. God has put words in your mouth to tell us who we are. And there are many young girls today walking about without spiritual direction. And I am deeply concerned, deeply concerned for the next generation behind us because so many young women get on television today and they watch that thing and they don't know how to dress and they don't know how to be a woman and they don't know how to wear clothes and they are crass in their language and then they become a pawn for somebody. And let me tell you why they do that. It's the only image of a woman that they see. It's very difficult to find godly women who will sacrifice and be living models and who will pull their children aside and say, Come here, baby, let me talk to you. Let me tell you who you are so you can fulfill God's design for you. This lady right here is a gem among you here at Calvary Christian Center. She is that woman the Scripture speaks of by looking at them, those who have journeyed along the path of life, The younger women will know how to love their husbands and children, be virtuous and pure, keep a good house, be good wives. We don't want anyone looking down on God's message because of their behavior. It's amazing because there's not a man in this room today who has grown spiritually and matured who can say it was done without a woman. I was called into ministry at a young age. I'd look at the pastors and I'd say, they wouldn't want me to do that. And I loved my pastors. They were wonderful people of God. You know, but I kept thinking in school, I mean, maybe I ought to be a professional. I, my dad's taught me business. I love planes. Maybe I could learn to fly a plane. I went off to college. And, but I'd been in church every single Sunday. I mean, I went to church all day on Sunday. And here's a little piece of advice. Don't don't hang around these mothers who know how to pray. And here's why. Because listen, these mothers will grab you and they will pray for you. And they'll put hooks in you spiritually. My mother would pray over me every day. And she loved Jesus. And and I mean I I couldn't get out of the house without hearing her call my name before the Lord. And and then she would take us on Sunday to church all day. And then I'd get there, and there'd be these other mothers in the church, and they'd be praying. And they would stop you coming up the aisle, and they'd look at you and say, Don't you see? Don't you see? Yeah, I see it all over him. I see the Lord's got his hand on him. My mother, through prayer, called me into whom God called me to be. Godly women have the ability and godly insight to look inside of you and tell you who God ordained you to be. And mothers, whether your children are grown or they're gone, we've got an entire generation who need godly women to mother them. They need women to sit with them and show them how to cook. I'm not just speaking about females, men need to know how to cook, men need to know how to clean. Men need to know how to talk. Men need to know how to wash clothes. Men need to know how to conduct themselves. They need to know how to handle burdens. Boys and girls need to know that. They need to know how to operate under pressure. They need to see you, Mom, and how you operate under pressure. Do you go pray first or do you cuss first? God considers you to be the greatest gift for your children. And mom, you are God's great gift to the human race. He looked at man and said, It's good. Created a woman out of a man and said, Very good. (laughs) Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And you know, here's what I hear in the Spirit God's saying, Don't worry about that child. Somebody here, you're fretting about your child. Greater is he in you. And God says, I will honor you for your faithfulness, for staying with that child that's gone off and done his own thing. No matter how far down the road he's traveled, you always told him who he was, and suddenly great joy shall come to you through that son. Because that's God's plan in his life. You are a faithful mother. God has seen your joys. God has seen your pain. And God says, I have every one of your children. I have them. So he said, you can release them. You've already given them their spiritual inheritance. They will not drown. I will raise them up. They're going to honor you more than you've imagined. And everything you saw, you will live to see them walk in. That's God's promise. And remember, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, he was there for a period of time in the life of young Jesus. But he probably died because we all of a sudden lose total track and history of Joseph. But on the other hand, his mother Mary, whose purpose it was to bring forth the Christ into the world, then to nurture him as he grew, it was this mother all the way to the launching of his ministry, sticking with her son until he breathed his last She was there at the cross, listen, that he would be all the father ordained him to be because she knew that God had given her this great gift of stewardship to raise this boy. Some here have children you've worked very hard raising, and yet they've been a frustration. You thought at times, what's the use? And God's saying, don't give up. You're the only anchor they have, and I have called them into your family. Even though they're blind to what's going on around them, they will rise up and honor you, and they will walk in the destiny of God. So there's a refreshing coming to you in the name of Jesus today. And grab hold of what you saw and claim it, and don't let go of it in Jesus' name. Somebody may be a little angry and upset because you poured in and poured in and there's been zero return. Hear this, mama. Even though you're hurt by that, there is a release from that pain. A release from that offense. That the grace of God will come on you as a mom. You'll be refreshed. You'll be healed, renewed. You'll be fortified. And the pain will be released. Every mom in the room. Every mother. I want every mother to stand right now. Even if you're carrying your first child in your womb, I want you to stand. In Calvary Christian Center, everybody here, the rest of us, would you bless them? Just lift your hands toward them and bless them right now. Come on. Pray aloud. Bless them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Bless them. Bless them. Bless every mother in this house. For the scripture says, her children stand and bless her, and her husband praises her. So if your mom is here, you're, you're her child, stand and bless her right now. If your mom is here, stand and bless her right now. Bless her. Put your hand on her shoulder and bless her and say, in Jesus' name, be blessed for all you've done for me, for giving me life For giving me instruction, for modeling Christianity. Bless her. And and, and her husband, you ought to praise her. You ought to look at her and say, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for bearing my children. Thank you for bringing them into the world. Take a moment and do that. It's a good thing to do. And every single mother, and the load sometimes feels like it's going to pull you down under Every single mom, would you lift your hand? If you're a single mom, lift your hand. Seasoned mothers, you've been around, you've been a mom for a while, seasoned mothers, go put your hands on every single mom who has her hand in the air right now. If you're around a single mother, put your hand on her right now. Bless her in the name of Jesus. Would you bless her? Bless the single moms. Ask God to help them right now because they're, they're carrying a big load. Moms, for those who have not thanked you, I stand here today to say to you, thank you. Thank you. I thank you for your willingness to give up your body, to walk through the pain of delivery, to nurture your children so they walk in what God ordained for them. Because mom, in your mouth and in your spirit are the words and the spirit of life for the next generation. And every mother, say this with me. I can call destiny out of my children. I can raise them up to be true men and women, to love like Jesus, to live like Jesus, and to lead like Jesus, because I am a godly woman in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.